Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we set some jack-o'-lanterns on fire and lobbed them at an old bank robber who was furtively searching for a cure to a nasty zombie outbreak. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last week we released the first volume in uh, a film series that we've deemed to be called uh, the Nevermore Omnibus, yes, Part One, Quoth the Raven or Quoth the Raven. See, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, the film itself just smashed it at the box office, like brilliant. Um, three hundred and eighty million dollar opening weekend, yep. which almost covers That's the budget huge. we had for uh, the CG. Uh, it was a CG monster of a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did really, really well in China. We haven't really cracked that Chinese right. market. Um, I think they're normally they're sort of you know into those sort of big fantasy world kind of things. Yep. It has sparked a massive, massive debate on Reddit. Really, very much akin to the GIF slash GIF uh, yeah, debacle. Yeah. Whether it is quoth the Raven or quoth the Raven, <laughs> um, and there's there's a, a big talk. It's like you know, well, how is you know if it's M O T H, mm. that's moth. Yep. So quoth, but if it's B-O-T-H, that's both. <laughs> so surely quoth. Um, and, and no one's been able to really figure it out. And yep. there's a massive, massive divide. It's actually come out like, unlike uh, GIF and JIF, which I think is about 50-50, yep. and there's people who are staunchly on one side. This is more like 90-10. <laughs> um, most people tend to agree that quoth yes. is, is the correct pronunciation. It 100% but, is. But the 10, pe- 10 of people who are like me, who think it should be quoth, are digging their heels in so deep and are being so much louder than yep. the other 90% who are probably right. This is great, because then we can do hashtag quoth versus quoth, which is not going to look any different when you no. write it out, because it's the exact same word. But it's going to be like Team Jacob and Team... Yeah. What was the other one? Edward? Edward, yeah. From, yeah, sure. uh, from Twilight. So we can get t-shirts printed. We can have like different websites set up for it. Again, it's going to be really hard, because they're both spelt the same way. <laughs> I don't know how we can differentiate the two in a non-verbal context, but marketing potential yeah. this is where i see it i see the dollar it's, signs it's hashtag quoth like moth or hashtag quoth, <laughs> quoth like, like both, both. <laughs> i thought there's a u in quoth there is but like it's after the q like you would expect it to be <laughs> okay uh oh great well it's nice to see that we had a success and nice to see that uh yet another marketing avenue has arisen for us all right Onto this week in trailers. And first up for you, we have a sequel to a yeah, beloved children's classic. Sure, why not? In Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween. Haunted Halloween. The best sounding film title you've ever heard. So the first Goosebumps film uh, came out, what, a year ago? You, I think I feel as though it was reasonably recent. Like I'm, within yeah. the last 18 months I or so. I feel like it just came out on Blu-ray. Like that's the kind of feeling I get with it's, it. It's not one of those films that you would have expected a sequel to come out no, already. No, Until you watch the trailer and realise <laughs> that like this does not have Jack Black in no, it. No, it does no, not no. have any of the original kids. No. It is loosely based on the same premise that um, the, the mind of R.L. Stein's books are opening a portal to let monsters yeah. into the world. Yeah, gee, where did they get that idea from? It's it's just it's the same film except they've got Ken Jeong in there yes. instead of instead of Jack Black. I don't know if any of the kids were well known, but this is a different no. troop. It's a different book. It's the same premise. Yep, bad CGI as well, like cartoony looking CGI, which is also meant to look kind of scary at the same time. So it's a weird clash of like styles and stuff. And I assume that. With this film series, it's also trying to get the millennials in there who probably grew up reading these books and now have kids or, or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it feels to me like this is the kind of film that 
would used to have been straight to VHS. Oh, yeah. Where you're perusing the, the video <laughs> store. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize they did an Air Buds 2 <laughs> because it definitely didn't get a cinematic release anywhere near me. Yep. Um, I, it just it is, is a blatant cash grab. Yeah. And it is somewhat surprising that they got this out the gate so quickly. Yeah. Um, it, it This is the kind of stuff... I'm, I'm so surprised it hasn't been turned into a Netflix series yet because the Goosebumps books used to be a TV series as well. Uh, I think they did Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was, I think, a lot, yeah. of, the, a lot of the little you know ghost stories that they were telling yeah. were loosely no, they, based on R.L. Stone ones. They did a, an actual licensed Goosebumps TV series as well. Oh, okay. And I feel like, like Netflix, this is right up yeah, their alley. Yeah, they did a series of unfortunate events, yeah. like which was, again, a children's book which was turned they into a, a film. film with Jim Carrey <laughs> and then Neil Patrick Harris is playing the, the creepy dude. Count Olaf. Yeah, I've never read the book, so I have no idea what it's all about. No. But um, there's no real reason that they and Netflix. No. Netflix has like a production budget of something like four billion dollars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's incredible. Um, it's I mean it's a drop in the water considering <laughs> we, we we pump out uh, every day of every week of every year. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's not there's no reason reason that they uh, shouldn't be doing something like that. Yeah. Anyway, go see. No, don't go see Goosebumps too. Really, just don't. Uh, all right, on to uh, the next film for this week's episode, which is. The Old Man and the Gun, starring Robert Redford in what I assume is his last role because uh, the other day he announced he's retiring from acting, so I assume this is it. Um, but this film casts him as a, uh, a, a bank robber of, of sorts, but an old man bank robber in the uh, 70s, I want to say. Yeah, it Maybe. very much looks like the 70s, and it's kind of strange because back in the actual 70s, yeah. Robert Redford <laughs> was making films like Butch yeah, Cassidy, yeah. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and yep. Three Days of the Condor and all these sort of films where he was this young, suave, yep. attractive guy doing... And, yep. and now he's playing an old man in the same period yeah. that he used to be a young man, yeah. and it's really, it's really weird. strange. It's really weird. Um, but the whole premise of this story is that um, because he is a sort of old man, he's a bit unassuming, and he's, he looks very friendly and, and uh, jovial... Uh, he can get away with just brazen bank robberies where he just walks into a bank, robs it, and then pulls over during his getaway drive to go help an old lady with her car. Um, and you say way, old lady. This, or, sorry, this old lady. a lady, sorry. It, it, no, it, she is an old lady, but she is very much the love interest <laughs> yes, in the film. Yes, yes. Uh, so Sissy Spacek plays um, the, the unassuming love interest who doesn't really know what he does for a living, but is otherwise smitten a la baby driver if you saw that by edgar wright um, um there's a whole bunch of those sorts probably, of films where, yeah. and, and it's got this very classic you know driving a car being chased by police while yeah, the, yeah. the bank notes go flying out the yep. back in a you know a shower of raining blaze making it glory, rain yeah. yeah blaze of glory thelma and louise style yep. bonnie and clyde yep. the they're, they're, they're you've also done. you've also got casey affleck playing the kind of uh yep. young and upcoming hard-boiled detective who's trying to track down yeah. who this uh who this bank robber is it's a very kind of classic classic um classic story danny there. glover's in there as well yep. and uh tom waits the tom waits yeah um country bluesy kind of musician yep. with a deep gravelly voice yep. i'm not sure if he's been in films before but wh- why not make has a- and he's always playing weird characters yeah uh but uh, yeah this looks kind of fun i guess could be a, a you know bit of fun. It joins the sort of ranks of old people doing stuff that uh, I guess uh, yeah, Red we, had uh, that we, film with Michael. Michael Caine was yeah. a bank robber with like uh, I don't know if Michael Gambon and yep. Jim Broadbent or like yep. a, a few of those old English yep. guys were in there. I'm like, oh, this is just like the Italian job. Exactly. Just Thirty years later, exactly. this is very much the same sort uh, of thing. And, and also book club, which is. About- <laughs> <laughs> old people getting it off to 50 shades of grey. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Old people can do anything. 
All right. On to the last film for this week's episode, which is Patient Zero, starring Matt Smith, Stanley Tucci, Natalie, Natalie Dormer. Dormer. Um, I'm not sure how we missed this one. This it's a couple of, uh, of weeks old. We yeah. had to go digging back. Where there was only two decent trailers this week, and we, we <laughs> like went back, and then we found this. It's a little bit of a gem, really. It's um, yeah. a bit of a, a psychological thriller set in a post-zombie outbreak. Yep. Uh, more uh, Matt Smith is like a military interrogator. Yes. And they're trying to find the cure to zombieism yeah. by tracking down patient zero so yeah. they can reverse engineer a cure. And they, you know, these people are um, incredibly strong and yeah. sort of uh, not all there in the head and there's different ways that he can talk about it. Matt Smith's the only one who can communicate with the zombies because he was bitten but yes. not turned. Yep. And then... A zombie comes along, played by Stanley Tucci, who has these sort of evil uh, yellow eyes. Yeah. And he doesn't behave like the other zombies. He's yeah. rational. He's calculating. He's your sort of Hannibal Lecter style. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm more intelligent than you. Yep. And, and also considers himself a separate species to yeah, humans. Exactly. And that's the whole conceit of this story, that there's now kind of two races. There's the original humans and these zombie-fied pseudo-humans who have yeah. all been kind of enhanced uh, in terms of their strength and their uh, uh, animal instincts. Uh, and his whole thing is just like, maybe the humans are sort of due for an extinction. Exactly. Yada, yada, yada. Um, cue Matt Smith dramatically doing things in a darkened room. Yeah, so, so the, the, so whole, the whole film set in what looks like a nuclear bunker. There's a, a the last refuge of humanity is surviving in there. Mm. And then after this sort of, you know, uh, pretty intense thrillery uh, interrogation zombies break into the military base yep. and they just go through and slaughter everyone it becomes yeah. a bit of a, a survival thing yep. it reminds me a lot of a book that i read a couple of years ago called the passage yep. which is a very similar sort of thing except uh i think they did vampires instead of zombies yep. um and oh uh, yeah uh, kind of interesting it looks really good it looks well done i'm not a big fan of matt smith's american accent in this yeah. uh, <laughs> in this thing but you know uh, he does an all right job of it and it's yeah. consistently mediocre as opposed to like <laughs> Liam Neeson, who tries for the first 15 minutes of a film, and yep. then he's just Irish again well, for no Sean, apparent Sean reason. Sean Connery, whose Bond accent went from, like, slightly British to just full-on Scottish yeah, by ever, the time ever see him in um, Hunt for Red October, where he tries... <laughs> he's like, are you speaking Russian with a Scottish accent? I'm not sure what's going on there, Sean. Uh, try and imitate that as well. Um, there's a, I just want to bring up, there's a scene in this trailer where there's, like, a, an infected rat coming towards them in an air vent, which is very reminiscent of that famous scene from um, the first Mission Impossible film. And I kind of wonder how that's if that scene's going to end as memorably as it did in Mission Impossible. If you don't recall, it was, I think, uh, Jean Reno basically just bites the rat, <laughs> um, which is cut out of every TV broadcast. Oh, that really? Film, by the way. Maybe yeah. why I don't remember it so much. It's so weird because in the TV broadcast, right, the rat's coming towards and coming towards and cuts to Tom Cruise, who's like, this is the scene where he's being suspended, suspended like Spider-Man, yeah. Cuts back to John Reno and there's just like a dead rat behind him with like, <laughs> okay, just died of natural causes. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to get out of yeah. this particular one. It's weird you mentioned that and completely off topic, but uh, speaking of TV edits, yep. uh, one of my favorite films is is The Last Crusade. Yeah. And uh, the TV edit that we taped off the television <laughs> from Singapore had completely cut out a lot of the gratuitous violence. Oh, yeah. So the bits where the blade slice the guy's head off oh, and yeah, it goes yeah. tumbling, yep. I never knew that scene really? was in the film until, <laughs> until about 15 years later when I bought it on DVD. I'm like, oh, there's all these bits in it that I never knew. All of the sexual innuendo between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery oh, still in there, <laughs> but but just little bits and pieces of, of violence of like severed heads. Yeah, They're yeah. like, no, we've had no, enough of that. that. <laughs> yeah, never mind like <laughs> Indiana Jones's father having... I watched the last one. <laughs> 
go see that film. It's so good. All right. Um, that is it for this week's episode. All well, those are the trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. Now, let's have a quick recap of the trailers for this week's episode. So, we have a low budget uh, direct to video <laughs> sequel of a, um, a kids' horror film. Yeah, a franchise horror film, basically, for kids. We have an old old people doing young people heists yep. in a. This, I mean, this was like classic actors coming back to do a, a, a heist film or a, a, a. You know, doing something that is generally sort of more for the younger actor. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, finally, we have uh, we have what did <laughs> what, we have? We had a uh, sorry a a, a pseudo horror thriller uh, zombie outbreak film. Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, now it is your turn to choose this week. It is very much my turn to choose this week. Mm-hmm. Um, can we do a mashup? Yes, <laughs> I think I've, I'm, I'm I'm not really liking any of them quite so much. Yep. So one of the biggest features I found of uh, the Goosebumps trailer yep. was just how painfully obvious that they were missing the biggest star draw card that yep. they had from the first film. Yep. So I kind of like that. I kind of want to do a kids version horror. Yep. But we can throw in elements, or even like it, it is. I want to do the uh, the Patient Zero. I, that, that's the film that I want to focus okay, on. Yep. But two elements I want to take yep. from Goosebumps Two is that there is. The big action, the big star, the big draw card from yep. the first film yep. is gone. Yep. And it's kind of like a little bit cheesy and colourful. All right, cool. So you're thinking like we're going to set this in the same universe as Patient Zero? It doesn't or? have to be Patient no? Zero. Okay. It can be a sequel to another like horror film. Okay. But it does. It just. It's just missing. There's like so like this big gaping <laughs> hole in the middle. No, yeah, I love. This reminds me of like. Do you remember when in the 90s where they would release films that really kind of aren't for kids per se, but then they'd do the animated spin-off of it, which was like 100% for kids. Like Ghostbusters, right? Like Ghostbusters is not a like kid-friendly film really if you sort of think about it given Bill Murray's character. (laughs) But like they went ahead and spun it off into like two different animated series. Yeah. Um, James Bond Jr. James was, Bond Jr. Yeah, yeah. What, what the hell was that? What are you that? doing? James Bond is definitely not for kids. <laughs> so maybe that's where we need to go. So we don't have to make an animation, but I think that that's probably the, the core of your idea there. Like take an established, high-end, big action, maybe adulty world, do a spin-off of it for uh, for, kids. for kids. Yeah, like a, a candied a candied version. Yeah, exactly. All right. So really, this is all going to hinge on what film do we spin off what uh what ip what property do we do so we need something that's maybe a high octane is a bit adult oriented um uh, has maybe some violence in it too a little bit of violence never hurt anyone well actually (laughs) i think that that is the very (laughs) definition of violence (laughs) i actually i really like doing it as like a cell animated 2d animated okay um cartoon as well yep yep. uh we won't go no none of that cg route i'm not sure uh disenchantment which is matt uh, groaning's new um, netflix animated show has a lot of the the 3d rendered stuff that's supposed to be 2d and it just looks bad bad, yeah um so we we go none of that stuff this is all original 1992 ninja turtle style (laughs) exactly yep animation 2d cell animation all right cool we have to open up a 2d animation studio somewhere uh i know what we should do and uh feel free to shoot me down but 
uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the Nicolas Cage version. Yes, uh, I so- love it. Because there's also elements of the the man in a gun, right? Because yep. there's car chase sort of stuff. Yep. So it's 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 a car chase yep. film. Yep. Um, I think the original car chase film, I really want to have horror yep. uh, elements to it. Yes. Uh, and this is like the the teen, the Muppet babies. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Version, yeah, version yeah. of that. So thing. maybe like the kids of the uh, the original group of uh, criminals in Gone. I see. I don't. I can't quite remember that film. But if I recall, it was like. A collection of um, of criminals who had to go steal cars within a day to meet some demand from some higher end king crime kingpin or something. Nicholas Cage's younger brother got himself into trouble by stealing something or wrecking that's a car right, that he yeah. shouldn't have wrecked. Yep. Um, I want to say that was Giovanni Ribisi, maybe. I think um, yeah, yeah, that sounds possibly. About right. And then Nicholas Cage has to come out of retirement to steal cars with Angelina Jolie and Vinnie Jones. That's right, Angelina Jolie is in that. And he, yeah. he, they get a list of cars, and here's yep. the twenty cars we have to get before okay. before midnight or yep. whatever. So we can't get Angelina Jolie back. We can't get Giovanni uh, Ribisi back. We can get Nicholas Cage back, but he won't be playing the original character he played in that film for no reason. Yeah. Other than like this happens all the time in animation like the original actors will come back for like a guest episode of, a, of yeah. an old TV series and not play their actual original character they'll play some original character that disappears after that episode is done so that's what Nick Cage needs to Nick do Nick Cage comes in we'll get a Nick Cage sound alike sound alike to voice his original character but in I that think film. it's much old I'm actually thinking this has gone in 60 seconds in a post-apocalyptic zombie Ooh, universe yeah, 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 yeah. where all of the cars that they're stealing are Mad Max style yeah. spiky spiky yep. wheels there's like a, a bulldozer um, shovel rigged yep. on the front so you yep. can plow through and it's still about stealing the cars but it's also about sort of surviving the zombies and it's also light-hearted and fun with kids animation <laughs> how okay this might be a terrible idea because it has been done before but could we go down the pixar route and just make the cars sentient oh i like it i'm gonna take it a step not a step to the side. It's All not right. a step for. It's not a step back. There was a point where um, smart cars yep. uh, were introduced. Yep. And uh, I love where this is going. And <laughs> then AI came in, and AI invented, like, in uh, infected all of the the smart yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah. So they're all kind of like kit style Knight Rider cars. <laughs> yep, yep. But then there's also a post apocalyptic event. So you have artificial yeah, yeah. intelligence smart cars. Yep. You have the children of Nicolas Cage stealing those cars, and also trying to avoid being killed by a zombie plague. <laughs> I think it's going to have to be the grandchildren of Nicolas Cage. The grandchildren characters. of yeah. Nicolas Cage. Because then we need, like, then we can have, like, Nicolas Cage's character, played by someone else, of course, yeah. as an old man in a rocking chair talking about the days. See, this is what he does. He has to tell his grandkids about that time he went and stole, uh, how many? I don't know. Like, Shelby Mustang. I think it was like, no, GT. But I think they had to steal, like, 50 or 60 yeah. cars uh, in one day. And yeah, his car was, like, that Shelby uh, GT. I used the word... I just threw Mustang in there because I knew it was a car thing. I have no idea if it has anything to do with it's Shelby or close, GT. Close enough. It does, just tangentially. But anyway. Um, so I like the idea that like you know, the film opens with like uh, Nicolas Cage's character on a rocking chair, um, just sort of gathering the grandkids around to tell them this story. 
while on the outside, like wild AI based cars roam the lands. Exactly. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Because yeah. Yeah, a lot of the cars are off doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids have to sort of break in and maybe disable the AI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and because, and yeah, that's the only way that they can take over yeah. and drive the cars because the, the cars are just doing their own stuff otherwise. Yeah. It feels like in my head, this animation style is very um, Captain Planet as well. Yep. And you have Perfect. the sort of the five kids who yep. are like, you know, street kids from different, different areas and different yep. races and whatever. I think we need and, to nail that exact aesthetic of Captain Planet as well that sort of uh, mid no- early 90s early 90s yeah yeah where everything was a little too detailed in terms of the character design making it really hard for the animators to animate stuff and they used to do like these really weird sort of like whip spin pans yeah. around people as like water blast form like that's really difficult to make look good and you've got you know a- about a hundred years of animation to yeah. make it and then yeah. all of a sudden it's just like oh no we can now do that in the computer yeah. much easier no 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 back, so not, back so to not hand even drawn. digitally colored we're gonna have like old school uh hand-drawn cell animation where you got yeah. hand painted as well okay we're gonna this this is actually really tough because these industries don't really exist anymore. Yeah, no, no. And, and where are they all? They're all out of work and desperate for jobs True, yeah. and willing to work for next to the no pay. Beautiful. All right. So let's concentrate on the story. So we've got our five kids. One of them is the grandchild of Nicolas Cage's character. Can we have Nicolas Cage play that grandchild? I don't know. I, I think it'd be weird to not have him play the grandfather. Yep. But we won't cast him as the grandfather. <laughs> no. I think maybe he voices one of the cars. The car, yeah, perfect. Like right. maybe there is a Shelby Mustang GT. Yes. Um, who whose artificial intelligence is is Nicolas Cage's voice? Oh, I love this. Maybe it is the original car that Nicolas Cage sat in, exactly. and part of his DNA during the events of Gone in sixty seconds kind of seeped into the chair. Yeah. And throughout the years, it was fine. Obviously, nothing would have happened until the AI got in there. Yeah. The electricity started sparking. It melded with the DNA that was trapped in the seat, and suddenly spread throughout the car. And, and that car's the one that's different. It's the one that doesn't think the same way. Yeah, it's not on yep. the same network as yes. all the other AI cars. Yep. It's a bit of a rogue. It's a yep. bit of a rebel. Is it... Oh, is it? Or is there an opportunity for, like, a Grandpa Nicholas Cage to bond with that car in a kind of, like... Uh, Jurassic World way where he bonds with the raptor that he trained for so long. Yeah, and possibly. He, like, what's, what do they call it when they... Um, when you... Uh, watch it from birth like you imprint imprint yeah, yeah. so maybe like grandpa cage has imprinted, imprinted onto, the car. Onto, onto the shelby this shelby is usually a wild child just runs amok does its own thing but then like somehow i got it this there's, there's a showdown right yeah um that shelby turns up to the bunker where their kids are all staying so this is like the uh end of act one yeah grandpa's told him about this story about um how he had to steal all these cars back in the 90s um and uh, then this car turns up because they're always trying to like protect themselves from the wild ravenous uh, ai driven cars the shelby turns up grandpa goes out there it's usually this car's usually like a rah-rah tear everything up catches sight of nick of grandpa cage realizes that they've got a connection but all the other ai cars are egging on the shelby and the shelby's just like i don't know what to do but then at the last minute, you just see the accelerator drop to the floor. It revs and just collides into Grandpa Cage and kills him. Oh, wow. Yeah. End of Act 1. Oh, wow. So then the... So what's what's the main the main plot? Are the kids trying to... Is society trying to disable the AI? Is that the, course, plot, yeah, the yeah. plot that the kids are trying yeah. to do? We'll take the same thing from Patient Zero in that it's the humans versus oh. this new breed of thing. And they're, they're trying to search for the, the original network where yeah. the AI originated. To shut it Cause, down. Because there's, there's going to be some sort of central mainframe. Yeah. And we all know that 
Just like the internet, you can destroy one server and the entire internet's gone, gone. It wipes yeah. out completely. Exactly, the yeah. uh, Cyberdyne style from Terminator. Or, no time even, travel. Uh, the in the Phantom Menace where they just blow up the one ship that controls <laughs> oh, yeah, all the right. robots. Instead of having all the robots independently networked, which would just seem like a much much smarter idea. No, we have them all connected to one's uh, mainframe, so just, you can blow I, that up yeah, and destroy. I'm not even the... sure how that would work. It sounds so much more inefficient. But anyway, how do they transmit power as well? Anyway, let's not let's not go down that road. Um, but yeah, this is what happens, and that sets off this sort of like spark in particular grandchild uh, cage. We should really, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll call the Academy, but um, this is what sets off the um, rage inside grandchild cage to go out there and defeat the car AI menace once and for all. So, I mean, we have we have five characters then. In in um, uh, Captain Planet, there were Wheeler, Minka... Uh, uh oh gosh uh, guami 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 yeah. uh, uh, uh mati mati and um, there's another one the dude the fire dude no no that was wheeler oh it's yep uh, and, uh one of the the, the water yeah the oh, the wind or the water girl yeah. um it doesn't really matter so we have we have that sort of same balance we have i was about to say mati there's three boys and two girls i'm like i'm not actually sure what <laughs> mati uh it doesn't really matter does one of them have a monkey? Is that is that a little? Uh, yeah, I think Mati. No, no, in our in oh, our, in our one. Do we have like a, a little like, capuchin do, monkey? Do, do animals exist in in this world in this post apocalyptic world, or have they all died out? Are they replaced with like the Sony Ibo robot dog? Oh, interesting. From now on, I don't know. Uh, that's weird as well because yeah. like you know the cars are constantly going around polluting the atmosphere and destroying. Yeah. Destroy, like the I also see like this very sort of like. Uh, uh, orangey brown tint to the sky because of all the pollution yep. and yeah, fumes perfect. and stuff yep. like that. Uh, so maybe, may, yeah, maybe, or, or maybe he has like one of the last remaining animals or something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the last capuchin. <laughs> it's a great name for a film. Yeah, yeah Daniel Day-Lewis in it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're, is that? No, it is no, the, the last of the movie kids. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. All right, uh, the Academy is telling me that Nicolas Cage's character was Randall Raines, like really bad name yeah. might I say but anyway uh, his uh, apparently his nickname was Memphis as well Memphis yeah, yeah Memphis that sounds good does that mean like uh, we all, all of the um, uh, other characters or his his grandson or great grandson or great grandson like Memphis Junior I, I, I mean I would can't they just like name them after other places in Tennessee oh, okay yeah like, great uh, uh, yeah, of which on. I can't name <laughs> any um, uh, um, Hickson, that's a place, isn't it? Is it in Tennessee? Or I, I, possibly. Uh, hang on, let me call the academy. Let's get a list of the largest population <laughs> cities in Tennessee. <laughs> All right. While I'm doing that, let's continue the story because this is like... Uh, okay, here, let's let's look at some good names here. We've Not good names. Knoxville. Na- Knoxville. Knoxville. So Memphis had a, a, a son called Knoxville. Yep. And then Knoxville has a... Uh, a daughter, a, a daughter called, called Kingsport. Kingsport. <laughs> um, so, so this is this is the story of how Kingsport uh, <laughs> is uh, is so um, upset over the death of uh, Grandpa Memphis. <laughs> yeah, th- that she she goes and avenges to destroy the AI with with her friends. All right, great. Um, so, <laughs> all right, let's switch. Okay, so we've got um, we've got what's was the name um, Kingsport. Kingsport. Uh, Kingsport reigns. Um, which was yeah, Kingsport reigns. Uh, then who else have we got? We've got um, uh, maybe her brother. All uh, oh, right, there's two of them. Yep. So sure. that will be Chattanooga, Kingsport, and Ch- Chattanooga, <laughs> Chattanooga reigns. Uh, we've also then got a um, uh, maybe what like a scrappy 
um, little kid who doesn't speak at all, like a little mute kid. Yeah, and I think that the, the, the scrappy little mute kid has the capuchin monkey. Yes. That's fine. And maybe they're like a tech whiz or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, someone has to also be like a mechanic, like a, a, a grease monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is the monkey a grease monkey? Yes. It or, is. Or is yeah. it's like, or do we just call the kid who's good at mechanicing things Grease Monkey? And every time they call him a monkey, the monkey's like, but I'm the monkey. This is really confusing. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah, fine. So we've got Grease Monkey, the mute kid. Yep. Um, who is, uh, I guess, a, are they also a tech wizard or are they just mechanical? I think just, me- just, just mechanical. mechanical. Okay. Yeah. So we do need a tech wizard. Yeah. Um, who will be, uh, what, what could we have? Just, I mean, just anyone. I mean, really. you look at the '90s, and there's always a tech wizard in there. There's, there's Billy we, the Blue Power Ranger. Like, did um, did uh, oh, did what's his name from the Wiz? Not the Wiz, the Michael wizard. Jackson. No, no, no. <laughs> that kid who was in um, oh, I've forgotten the name. He's like a really famous childhood actor. He was in that video game based film called The Wizard. I want to say his name is Daniel something. Uh, he also did like a TV show where like it was narrated by. Fred Savage. Fred Savage, that's him. He's, if, he's directing a lot of TV nowadays. He is, yes. Um, but if he had any children, maybe they could be... I mean, the, this is this is the... Pro- we don't... We can cast voices. That doesn't oh, yeah, matter. Right. It doesn't actually yeah, yeah. matter how old they are in real life. Right. So long as... Yeah, I think Fred Savage, Fred Savage could yeah. come in and... As our tech wizard. Uh, as our tech wizard kid. Re- reprising the role that he played in The, the Princess Bride. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he he's the guy who can sort of come in and and put in a Trojan worm to yeah, destroy the AI. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah, yeah. um, like virus technology has not moved an inch from yeah. nineteen ninety six. He just has to plug the USB into the mainframe right, yeah, and, yeah. and upload <laughs> upload the the virus that kills the. Well, exactly. Is that one? It kills all the alien spaceships in Independence Day right, by yeah, yeah. just loading something into the mainframe. <laughs> and somehow that you know they yeah. can interface with each other. But any, I mean, it makes more sense in our film because the cars are still based on technology that humans built. Exactly. So they're going to have USB ports and all that kind of stuff. How does the alien have a USB port? Anyway, um, now we need just one more kid to complete our fivesome of, uh, of this troop. Um, I think it needs to be a girl, and I think they need to be the athletic type. Yeah, maybe um, maybe the actual driver. The, like okay, the, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe like reprising Angelina Jolie's character yeah, in that exactly. film. So her name in that film was... Well, uh, I kind of feel like it surely canonically... The um, Kingsport and Chattanooga, yep. uh, like that Angelina Jolie is their grandma, right? Yeah. So like, oh wait, did they? Oh uh, yeah, I they, guess they, so. I assume they get together. I'm I sure. I'm sure that's what it was hinting at. Um, so sure, this, okay. this is just sort of like you know, um, uh, someone who's grown up like in the race tracks, like okay. doing doing sort of like obviously uh, she's grown up driving go karts because you can't drive anything bigger because it attracts the attention of the AI cars. Vinnie Jones, you said, was in this film. Yeah. And apparently um, their character name was The Sphinx. The Sphinx. So what if it was their, like, oh, uh, descendant? yeah. Uh, so their grandchild. Um, and she was called... Also The Sphinx. Also The Sphinx. And that's okay. the riddle of The Sphinx. It's like, why don't you change it each generation? It's like, no one knows. Sometimes I walk on three legs and sometimes I walk on two. Depends on the time of day. Uh, okay, yeah. So that's The Sphinx. So they're back. Well from a descendant point of view exactly as well so that's our five that's great so we've got um the two siblings uh kingsport and chattanooga reigns yep uh we've got uh, grease monkey grease monkey who is a mute uh mechanical no 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 no, the 
hang on. No, they, they yeah, are. it was mute. They're yes, mute. there was. Yeah, um, Gre- then, Grease Monkey with the monkey. Yep, <laughs> yep, sure. We've got Fred Savage. Fred Savage playing, playing Tech we'll just Wizard. Call him the Wizard. Yeah, the we'll call Wizard. Him the Wizard uh, playing our sort of computer hacking genius, and then we've got uh, the Sphinx. Um, we should also cast the rest of the actors, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting a very, very zombie land. Yeah, um, Emma, Emma Stone, Emma Stone yep. as as the Sphinx. As the Sphinx, perfect. Uh, who's going to be our mute kid called the Grease Monkey? That's the thing. We we don't have anyone voice them because, oh, no, because, that's true. because they're mute. I keep forgetting that's going to be animated. <laughs> it's like, no, we should cast a voice anyway for them. Just yeah, for the, like, like who was it? Um, Alan Tudyk who did the voice of the chicken in Moana. Yeah, he also and, did the voice of like a bunch of like mechanical machinery. Then they had like Bill Hader playing um, uh, BB-8 in in the Force Awakens as well. So like, why not just get? A really famous actor to do. Well, let's like, just say just, it. Let's just say it was Marlon Brando. <laughs> let, like, let them prove us wrong. Yep. Yeah, okay. I want to have the thing at the end where that character just like finally speaks, and we will just use Marlon Brando. That, you know, you say that that is exactly what happens with the Sphinx in Gone in sixty seconds. Oh, really? They are mute the entire film. Really? And then the the very last scene, he says something incredibly prophetic, yep. and they're just sort of like, "Oh, well, you don't speak very much, but when you do, you say something incredibly insightful." Okay, so maybe we should save that for. No, then we got two mute. No, okay. Look, yeah. that's this is getting complicated. <laughs> two now. mute characters, but no. anyway, Marlon Brando will play Grease Monkey, and yep. basically he. Will We'll just pull a library of his various grunts, moans, yawns, burps, whatever. Uh, and then right at the end, we'll pull a line from Superman 1 because Warner Brothers has tons of footage. Exactly. <laughs> and they're very, very keen to jam it's, that stock footage right, into yeah. whatever whatever film that they can manage. All right. So what about uh, Kings? What was it? Kings, Kingsport. Uh, Kingsport and, and, and Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Who are they going to be? Boy, girl, boy and girl. I think Kingsport is a is a girl, and yep. Chattanooga is a is a girl. Yep, uh, a boy. Uh, a sorry, boy, yep, sure. Um, uh, good question. It could, it really could be anyone. Could be. Anyone. I feel as though, like, I really feel as though I should print out a list of just <laughs> actors' names <laughs> beforehand and go down the list. You're like, yeah, you know what? Yep. Um, why don't we just get back one of the actors from Captain Planet? That's true. I mean, yep. Uh, did. I want to say Whitney Houston did the voice of like Gaia, but I don't, no, I think, I don't right. think, I think that's right. Is, no, it is actually Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg rather, who played Gaia for the first three seasons, and then Margot Kidder played Gaia for like season four from, to six from Superman. From Superman, yeah, that's weird. That is so weird. But anyway, I think we can't get Margot back because she passed away recently, unfortunately. But we, but can, we can get, get Whoopi Goldberg to play Kings Kingsford. Kingsport. Kingsport. Sorry. Why do I keep forgetting that name? And um, um, So Chattanooga, who yeah. are we going to get to play that? Someone who um, sounds All right. like it c- uh, could be Whoopi Goldberg's brother. Okay. So here's, uh, <laughs> I've got a completely left field uh, choice for you here, but I think it should be Phil Collins. Phil Collins? Um, <laughs> reason why is because I had a download of the Captain Planet theme song from years and years ago, which came from some peer-to-peer network. And for some reason, it was like tagged as being... Um, like written and sung by Phil Collins, which is not true. He did not touch the Captain Planet theme song by any stretch of the imagination. But for the longest time, I thought Phil Collins wrote and sang the Captain Planet's <laughs> theme song. As well as that, I have seen a poster very recently for a um, a Phil Collins live show where <laughs> the title of the show is I'm Not Dead Live Show. Literally says that. So I just feel like... And it's, it's also sort of taking the page from... Um, 
the old man and the gun where yep. we get like the Tom Waits yes, style exactly. uh, yeah, the, the musical singer, guy. Yep. So Whoopi Goldberg as Kingsport, yep. Phil, Phil Collins, Collins as Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Marlon, Marlon Brando as Grease Monk, Emma Stone <laughs> as the Sphinx, as the Sphinx and uh, um, Fred, Fred Savage, Savage as the wizard, as the wizard, semi-reprising his role from the film of the same name. And then we have Nicolas Cage as the Cage. Voyage, uh, voice of Shelby, <laughs> the, the rogue AI car. <laughs> All right, so... We don't need to worry about Act Two because Act Two is obviously going to be the like planning, the journey, the action, yada yada. There's, yada. there's a, you know obstacles. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think there are zombies in this world, but just kind <laughs> of like our discussion, we had we kind of forgot about them about <laughs> about two thirds of the way through the discussion. They kind of fell off, yeah. and so when they kind of show up like a little bit of way through the film, like oh yeah, that's right, there is zombies, and then they just kind of go away again because it's not really the focus of the yeah, of exactly. the story itself. All right, so Act Three, how is this going to end? Like, um, do uh, do they do the kids succeed? Do the cars take over? Like, what's the... I think maybe what happens is that they upload the virus into the mainframe. Yep. And like it would in the real world, yep. it just affects the mainframe and <laughs> none of the cars that are networked to it. Okay, so it's like a huge disappointment. And then. and and the whiz is just kind of like, but this worked in all of the films that I watched in the 90s. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, no one knew about networking <laughs> in the 90s and none of that, what they should have done, should have worked. Yeah, it's like, um, it's a classic, it's it's actually just a closed loop system, the exactly. original mainframe, and they've got tons of backups in the cloud, so it doesn't really exactly. matter. They thought that they were t- attacking like the central mainframe where everything was powered off it and that they assumed that if they turn that off the vi- the uh, ai in the cars would all switch off as well no it's it's cloud-based it's satellite-based you'd have to take out hundreds of millions of different servers exactly. to like shut down the system for good so you're saying that like this is kind of like the ending of terminator 3 as well if you remember that really bad terminator film because they like basically spend the whole film trying to get to this secret underground bunker where they say the like mainframe for what would become cyberdyne or something like it's a really bad sequel is stored and then like um they get there and then realize that they've been tricked it's actually just a secure location where they can wait out the apocalypse yeah and the like mainframe didn't actually exist and so they're all screwed yeah there's there's elements of um i think like the end of fight club where they try yep. and stop the bombs and then they in the end they just kind of like watch out the window as the yeah the, yeah the things just sort of explode. Yep. There's elements of Rogue One where they're just kind of like stand, yep. standing there looking for that tidal wave. I like that. Twelve monkeys as well. Twelve monkeys, yeah. Yep. That that full on. We've everything that we've worked for <laughs> has been has been a fallacy. What a good ending to a kids' film. You know what? No, no, no. But the way that the film should end, and I, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know what we've done here. I, I'll tell you what we've done after I explain this. But basically, the film should end with all them basically losing and dying. And then it's just like the cars start a brand new life as uh, the dominant species of Earth, and that's how cars came about. Yeah, that's how cars start. I'm not sure. Like, do do our protagonists actually die at the end of this film? I I quite like. I mean, they could they will eventually. Yep. And the cars will take over. Yep. And it is very loosely a prequel to the Cars <laughs> franchise. That's right. Yeah. But I kind of I do like them just sort of like going oh, and then they're just kind of look, looking out of the world and yep. just going, well, that's that's that then. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's their last like refuge. They just sort of stay there until they pass away peacefully at an old age. I could. So could there's do. no. It's like a. It's an indifferent ending for the humans. What we're doing, AJ? We're leaving it open for a sequel. Totally. It's, we're totally doing that. Yep. All right. Good. So, I, I still feel though, and I'm going to throw this banner in the works, and you're going to have to say which one. Yep. One of those five dies. Okay. Great. In, and like obviously Nicholas Cage, the grandpa Nicholas Cage dies. He's yep. run over by Shelby. But yep. in the adventure, like someone is like, "Leave me behind! You yep. have to save yourselves." Oh, it's, it's Chattanooga for sure. It is Chattanooga. I mean, like if Phil Collins is putting on performances that say, "I'm not dead yet," 
Like it yeah. clearly means that his death is imminent. His so imminent death. He's not going to be around for the sequel, which means we'd have to cast a voice alike to do Phil Collins it's in true. the sequel. So oh, that's, that's a really good point. Get rid of him. So Chattanooga. Chattanooga dies. Yeah. Oh no, my favorite. My, fa- <laughs> my favorite of the the ragtag gone in sixty seconds kids crew. I like Grease Monkey. And maybe that's where Grease Monkey like pipes up and says his thing. Are we also going to do like the tearful death of Hedwig slash Dobby, like death of the Capuchin Monkey? Like oh, maybe maybe in one of the sequels. We'll hold that off. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll hold, hold off that yeah, tearjoker yeah. until until like it yeah, really what, hits What we home. need in the sequel is like multiple characters to die in the first like five minutes. Like, a, I don't know. Some films do that, right? They have like, they go into a sequel. It's the Avengers, actually. Like they just wipe out a bunch of characters they, in one you know, go. They did it in in the the really popular film franchise GI <laughs> Joe, where like I think Channing Tatum might have been the main character in yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one, and then just like within the, like a couple of seconds of the the second one, he's just done. Yeah, just like oh, I was just in a well and I died. Yeah, yeah. What, why? It's like oh, we couldn't afford you, a la Jack Black in yeah. in, in Goosebumps too. Yeah, it's like you know how they sometimes they write them out so that like their death is sort of ha- like Ocean's uh, Ocean's Eight, where they yeah. said like oh, George Clooney's character Danny Ocean has died, and he died like before this yeah. the events of this film happened. Like we could do it like that, or. We cast them for like five minutes of recording time, get their last lines, and then kill them off. Yeah, all right. I so like it. Either I, or, we can do. I that. think I think we're planning the sequel a bit too much here. <laughs> too much, yeah, yeah. Well, I do, mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sure. Are we going to do almost like what um, Goosebumps did, where you're kind of like releasing a sequel almost before you've even released the original <laughs> oh, for one? Sure, yeah, yeah, for it's sure. It's in production. You've got to get this done. If you want, if you want less than like a. 18 month turnaround between. I, I um, would love to do a director video as well, and like a literal director VHS. So that no one can watch it. <laughs> I would. Lo- I love that if like so someone's like dug this out. I'm like, oh, this is from the '90s. Look at the really bad animation style, and it's definitely on like this magnetic tape. How novel! And he's like, made in 2018. What? What is going on? It here? will be like the single most expensive production ever because like I don't think anyone actually makes VHS tapes anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'd have to like restart the factories to make. No. What? What the you do? Tape. What you do? All you need to do is get the old VHS tapes. Oh, you, take put, over. You, you put a bit of electrical tape yeah. on the back with a little tab pops out which means you can't override it yep. and you start sort of like copying VHS to VHS like it's it's cheap as cheap and easy do you have a VHS player oh we need we actually need, we need two of them we need to press play and record on one and play on the other one so it actually goes reel to reel and, and copies the, the film across these are all production notes we'll get this sorted out but I'm pretty sure I checked Amazon recently for the average cost of a VHS player they're really expensive oh now. really yeah they're insanely expensive so maybe we'll have to spend most of our production money just buying two VHS players so that we can make the recordings um, but the most important thing that we need to sort out before we do anything regarding release is we need a name for this film i have an idea yep gone in 2060 seconds <laughs> yes and the 2060 is 2060 is the year is the year yep. of of the future excellent that's that's perfect that's absolutely perfect and if we can somehow tie that into the amount of time that they need as well like oh, right. 60 seconds did um i'm not sure how, how, long, is, they, how long is 2060 seconds it's a couple of uh, hours it's, isn't it's, it? a, it's a while uh 2060 seconds divided by 60 is 34.333333 so it's like a little over a day all right cool. perfect good yeah all right and so, unlike gone in 60 seconds it actually is exactly the amount of time that they need exactly because gone in 60 seconds was inaccurate exactly they, they had a they, whole day they had a whole day and even stealing the cars sometimes took like 10 or 15 minutes exactly that's, that's not 60 seconds at all <laughs> that's right 
<laughs> All right, so gone in 2060 seconds. Yeah. An animated, a, a traditional 2D animated cell hand-drawn film, uh, which is a spiritual sequel or is a sequel to Gone, gone in 60, 60 seconds, seconds, but marketed for kids. And also a prequel to Cuts. <laughs> It gets very, it gets more kid-like. The the further in the franchise you get to, right. Gone in sixty seconds, definitely adult animated, yeah, see, like, 2D animated, yeah. but with adult overtones, and then eventually sort yeah. of eases into cars. Cars is set like thousands of years into the future, exactly. where like the DNA material of the original Shelby has mingled so far into it that the cars grow organic shapes like mouths and eyes. Exactly, so it makes sense. Eventually, it makes perfect sense. Exactly. All right, I think that's a wrap. I think you're right. Okay. Housekeeping, as per usual. We are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and of course, Mufuza Wooda, our database of films that we've created on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post emoji clues as to the trailers that we've watched in upcoming episodes. Yeah, you've got uh, the old man and the... Something. Is there a goose emoji? Is there a bumps emoji? <laughs> sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll make it work. Patient Zero? Last that- week we had a film called green book yep and there is a mo- an emoji of a green book yeah. and i found it i'm like yes my work here is done <laughs> who knows what old man in a gun i'm sure that's possible uh, i just also want to bring up you, last week we had uh, the nutcracker and the four realms which was the actual episode name as well what did that translate into when we uh, when we translated it um crackers and nuts <laughs> and the four spheres was was it it was into russian and back again yep. it was such a perfect normally like you translate it oh i'm going to translate it into uh hebrew yep. and back again and it just comes back exactly the same this one was like crackers and nuts i'm like oh that is great that is perfect uh all right and of course we are on uh itunes spotify podbean and any place that you get podcasts a little aside for you all today as well um isaac and i are both performing in the upcoming sydney fringe comedy uh festival um so i will be directing and uh starring in a show called The Rise and Fall and Rise of Rex Owner, uh, which is sort of a, a show very much in the vein of movie film studios. Yeah. It is a about the 80s action star that the world forgot to remember, Rex Owner, um, and it will be an absolute blast. Uh, and both Isaac and I will be appearing in The Rat King Fairy Tale at uh, the 25th and 26th of Yeah, so uh, uh, the Factory Theatre. 22nd, 23rd. At the 22nd rather. and 23rd is, yes. the, is the, the Rat King fairy tale. Yep. And the 8th and 9th of September, also at the Factory Theatre, mm-hmm. is the, the rise and fall and yes. rise of Rex owner. So if you're uh, in Sydney uh, on those dates, want to check out some uh, live comedy, uh, yep. some improvised fun, or want to see yep. us in person just to, yep. you know, put some faces to the voices, <laughs> uh, then come out. Uh, it should be a good time. <laughs> yes, and uh, you can find more information about those on uh, the Rat king.com.au and i think that's it all that remains is to thank you once again for listening this week i've been isaac and i've been aj roll credits Not